This is Ibrox. <laughs> Hello and welcome to your brand new weekly edition of This is Ibrox, it's your Rangers podcast. My name's Scott Patterson, you're very welcome as always. Joining us on this week's podcast is a return for Kyle McLean and Craig Dennett and a debut this week for Jim McMillan. Hi Jim, how are you? I'm very well, Scott. Thanks very much. Thanks very much for having me on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. It'll be the first of many appearances, I'm sure. Yeah, um, and we, we did actually say off camera that Kyle and Craig are, are good mates off of camera, so this is kind of like, it's like a night in Ant and Deck a little bit. The first <laughs> that we've had on this is Ibrox, so it should be an interesting night. Brilliant. This Ibrox Rangers podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Treble H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. If you need to call them, he looks frantically for their brand new number, you can get them on 01-22-553-1888, or you can email craig.bryce at treblehmortgages.com. They're available via the World Wide Web, www.treblehmortgages.com and a similar address on Facebook. If you do speak to them, be sure to mention this is Ibrox and um, Craig and all these people in there will look after you very well indeed. Big week for Rangers this week, not to mention, of course, the first Old Firm Derby of the season next Sunday. The Alishkirt game, of course, in Armenia on Thursday tea time. But first of all, we'll rewind it back to... Craig, what was quite an interesting day at Dingwall and a, a good and deserved win for Rangers in the end. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, I think, the two early goals definitely settled us down um, from that perspective. I think if that if we'd not scored in the first half, for example, we'd have definitely been on edge. So I think those two goals and, and that uh, Joe Aribo goal to, to start us off was incredible. Wonderful. So we've seen him do that, do that a few times now. I think he did that against Ross County last year, actually. Yes. I um, but I've seen him do it a few times now and uh, it just shows you his quality. I thought during the week against Alice Cut, he actually looked like he was quite tired after yeah. about 55 leggy, wasn't it? Yeah, he yeah, was high. Struggling a bit, so um, but it was good to see him back on, on, on that form. And I think when he's playing beside Kamara, he's just a different player um, altogether, I think. So um, really positive from his perspective, really positive from Rangers' perspective, four goals um, and getting back into that attacking flow, I think. A um, few concerns on the defensive side still, I yeah. think, we're giving away some stupid goals. Yeah. Um, but all in all, I think now the dust has settled and you're looking back to yesterday, it, the goals weren't as bad as, as they seemed at the time. I, didn't, I felt worse about them yesterday than I do today. Um, so I think all in all, really positive and uh, on to Thursday. Kyle, a lot of big performances I felt at, at the weekend. Um, Craig refers to Kamara and Aribo, who I thought were both excellent. Calvin Bassey was, again, very impressive, darting down the left-hand side. Alfredo Morelos is, is picking up a really rich vein of form at an important time for the club. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was absolutely outstanding yesterday, um, getting a goal, uh, one, arguably two assists uh, on that as well. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was an interesting stat I saw somewhere on uh, Twitter that it was uh, he had 41 receptions, which is the most he's ever received in a, in a game in his entire Rangers career. Wow. Obviously, it's something the, the management team have been working on, and especially watching the, the highlights uh, back, and you could see how involved uh, he was yeah. uh, in a lot of things. Um, just dropping off, just creating space, 
um, for for players, you know, for Hadji to run into, for Kent to run into, and for for Aribo to run into as well. I just thought the fluidity of especially sort of four or five yesterday was was what we needed to be. Is as the, the manager said in his uh, post match conference, it's it's back to what looking what, what we were. Jim, do you think that there there was obviously a couple of moments defensively that um, were a wee bit shaky? Uh, I I think um, the last couple of times I've seen Balogun, it kind of makes me wonder why we are going for that rotation between um, him and Hollander um, almost regularly. I don't understand that, to be perfectly honest with you. And I thought at the weekend he didn't look as, as sharp as maybe what we were accustomed to from last season. No, definitely. Um, Balogun, I think, I don't know if it's anything to do with the crowds. I know there's this whole thing about the crowds. Yeah, yeah. It seems to play... He seems to be playing well, last season. He looked brilliant. He looked decent. He looked like a brilliant centre half we had. Um, for some reason, I don't think he seems to gel with Bassey playing in the left wing. I think there seems to be some sort of disconnection between the two of them. Um, again, the, the whole thing with Hollander as well. Hollander, brilliant, brilliant centre half. I don't know why the rotation is as much. It seems to go with Balogun more than Hollander these days. Yeah. I don't know if that's anything to do with the European games that we've got coming up. Um, but I don't. I, I really couldn't put my finger on why there's such a difference in the way he's still a play um, and how good he looked last season to what he is this season. Um, he's at times he is a bit of a, a bit of a bomb scare when you watch him. But I don't know. I don't know why. I, I wish I could put my finger on and say watching him and saying this is where he's going on, but. The games I've seen him with Bassi, I, I don't see a, a click there. I don't think he can. He seems to be able to turn and on the pace and catch up with defenders. I, I, I really think that's that's one of the issues he's got. I think looking at him when, when I've been watching the games. So, Kel, one of the big things we had last season was obviously how rigid the defence was, and there was a lot of reliability there. You could almost name the back four um, every single week, particularly moving into the the sort of last maybe quarter of the season, it was quite obvious who was going to play. But I think Jim's absolutely right. I, I We do see if Balogun's playing with Barisic, he does seem to be that little bit more comfortable than what he does if if Bassi's playing at left back. And that may just be a familiarity thing, taking into account how little Bassi's played at left back. However, I would argue at the moment, the big guy has made that left back role his own, hasn't he? Uh, 100%. I mean, I, I've been... And lyrical about since he um, started that 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 Dunfermline game completely changed my opinion. I mean, you know, he was a player in there, but I mean, he was he was superb in that game. Yeah. He was just he marauds forward, doesn't he? And it's, it's the it's the crosses that he's got. I mean, he can he can hit it the far post. I mean, the one the ball in for uh, for Hadji's goal against Dunfermline. That that's what it's crossy. I was just it was. Uh, Aesthetically, it was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? He just put it right <laughs> off his foot, found the head, um, and even the 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 goal before that um, for Lundstrom just picking it out. I just think he just offers us something different. Um, the other thing as well when he's when he's running forward, I, I really do think he puts the fear into defenders. I Absolutely, mean, you imagine that coming at you, <laughs> Pedro. <laughs> so he's he's like a, he's like a train, Craig. It's, it's and it's one thing to. You look, he's a fine specimen of a boy. I think that much is obvious. He's clearly looked after himself since he left the school. Um, he's a he's a big old guy. And there's no doubt if you are a right back 
Ross County right back or any other right back, I would suggest in the country, if he's darting towards you, um, you're going to know all about it if he nudges into you. Absolutely, and I think um, I think his pace is a real um, asset for us going forward. I think um, we'd, we've spoken previously about Tav potentially lacking a wee bit of pace, um, and, and that's what Patterson potentially offers offers a bit uh, better. And I think it's, it's the same with Borna and with uh, Bassey on that side as well. I think um, the additional pace that that Bassey has compared to Borna, it's, it causes an extra problem for defenders. I think with Borna occasionally. Defenders know he's, he's he's not going to try and go past them. He'll just flip the ball in as soon as it arrives at him. Yeah. Whereas Bassey, you don't know if he's going to hit it straight away or, or if he's going to run to the byline uh, from that perspective. And I think in the past couple of games, we've seen the real benefit um, that gives to us. And um, it'll be interesting week this week to see if Gerard sticks with him or if, if Gerard decides to go back to the, the tried and tested, I suppose, of Borna Barisic. Absolutely. So, Craig, I'll stick with you. I think um, Conor Goldson had a couple of efforts on goal prior to actually getting the, the second goal of the afternoon for Rangers. Um, really good header. I just, I think there's a lot of noise around Conor Goldson just now, particularly as we move into that last week of the, the transfer window. Um, I wonder if we do have a resolve tested between now and the end of August, um, what it means if he's maybe not put pen to paper yet. I wouldn't read too much into it, um, to be honest. I think I think he's the kind of guy who should be scoring more goals than he does anyway. Um, I think he, he, he misses a lot of chances that you think you've got to get that one on target. Um, I don't think, I don't know, there's been a bit of hesitancy come into our defence um, since the start of this season. And I'm not entirely sure where that's come from. Um, but Goldson's as guilty as anyone with that. And I think, to be honest... They had that before last season, so I don't know if it's maybe last season was the outlier rather than um, it being the trend kind of thing. So, um, but he's he's, he's head, hesitating a wee bit, especially when the ball's in the air or the ball's about to bounce in front of him. And I think when you, I think that puts the rest of the defence on edge as well. You see it with Tav, you see, you see it, you saw it with Hollander a bit in the Alice Kirk game. You see it with Balogun more often than not to be fair yeah. um, so I think it just puts everyone else on edge um, and I think it puts us fans on edge as well doesn't it? Absolutely, it really does Jim I'm going to come at you next, we we speak um, on the pod as you'll know uh, a lot about Stephen Davis um, almost every week last season and we've spoke about him already this year I want to focus on um, Joe Aribo and, and Glenn Kamara who I felt together in the middle of the park yesterday were really a cut above. I thought they were excellent for us yesterday afternoon. Oh, definitely. Um, Aribo, as you were mentioning, he seemed a bit sluggish the last couple of weeks. Um, definitely turned on, the, turned on the show yesterday watching the game. Yeah. Um, Kamara, again, can't afford the guy. He's just, again, he's not had as long as a, a pre-season as everybody else because he was at the Euros. But what a... For 50 grand, you can't say anymore. I know. What, what a bargain. bargain. What an absolute bargain. Yep. And, um, but I, I, we were talking before, before we came on, the two of them together, when the two of them playing the same team together, there's something else. I know you mentioned Davis. He's like the conductor. And the two of them just orchestrate the, the actual game and the flow of the game from yep. midfield. They're absolutely brilliant together. Um, again, Aribo's got the, he's got the skills to, to change a game. And you've got Kamara, he can pick a pass. He could he could find a man in the moon if he wanted, you know what I mean? But that's that's how good he is. But um the two of them definitely, definitely the with the window coming up, the time to the window, transfer window coming up, definitely Kamara's a player we need to keep 
Yeah. I feel they need going forward if we want to be successful this season, we need to keep Kamara on that team. Kyle, one of the things that fascinates me about Kamara, so when I used to play, and I don't play nearly as much as I used to, um, I don't play nearly as much now as I used to, rather. Um, I used to fancy myself as a bit of a centre midfielder. Um, Glenn Kamara, when he's, he, he very, very rarely passes the ball above knee height. Yeah. Very, very rarely. He, he is he's your old-fashioned sort of one-two guy, ticky-tacker, the lot. He, that ball's not going above his waist any time he plays. Um, and, that, you know what I mean, Jim's right. Tommy, our, our leader and chief at home, um, has regularly spoke about how we, we managed to pick him up for a bargain at 50 grand. Um, uh, we'll never sign a player for that little again who has had such an effect um, on the team, I don't think. No, I mean, I think you can see in Europe how much we've missed them. Uh, I think it's as simple as that. I think I think the, the Malmo games are, are a different uh, thing altogether. If, if, if he's playing, I think we've got a better chance. Um, it's, it's you say, it's his it's, 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 it's all-round game. I mean, he does have a wee bit of everything. He's got the passing. I think he's developed the, the tackling now. Um, you know, he's put in a good, he had a good few challenges in that Ross County game, um, just breaking up the play. Um, but the other, the thing for me that, that set him out is, is his ability to turn. It's just, he's just got this lovely way of just receiving the ball and he's, he's back to go and then suddenly he's facing forward and bang, the play goes forward. Yeah. And that just allows us to, to go up through the gears and to, 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 to transition from the, the midfield from the, to the forward players. Which is what we need at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Um, I mean, imagine if you if, if you're a, maybe a, we look at we're seeing a lot of the B team just now at Rangers, <laughs> and and there's a a lot of really promising um, young midfielders at Rangers just now. Guys like Alex Rowe, we we've brought in um, Charlie McCann from from Manchester United, of course, Cole McKinnon, all really good young prospects. To be rocking up to Auchenhowie on a daily basis and getting the opportunity to maybe strut your stuff with Glenn Kamara, knowing what Glenn Kamara does, Craig, it's, it's must be absolutely huge for these young guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think there was a game, um, was it Braga, Kyle, we were at? And we turned to each other at half-time and thought, I think Glenn Kamara's done. Yeah. He had an absolute <laughs> shocker in that yeah. first half against Braga. And we, we were convinced that we, that we couldn't play him. And Gerard took him off at half-time there. But ever since that game, he's just went from strength to strength. And I think there's there's uh, points where we as Rangers fans really underestimate what he contributes to us as a team. Yeah. And I think that's that's only really shown when he's not playing. I think if um, a game like the, the Celtic game coming up this weekend, if Kamara's missing, you're, you're pretty concerned about, about how we're going to play, but it just gives you that extra added confidence. And I think, like Kyle said, if, if Kamara was there for the Malmo games, we, we, we would have been a different team. Um, and I think I think we really suffered from that. Um, I think we, to be fair, I think we've missed Roof as well. Yeah. Um, from that, I think he offers something a bit different when when Alfie's not quite on it or Alfie's a, a gone a bit missing for, for half an hour or so. Yeah. Um, but I think, as you say, I, Turning up to the training as a young guy and seeing Glenn Kamara and, and how he plays. Um, if you're if you're standing beside him and Davis in central midfield, there's a lot you can learn there, and hopefully, hopefully the guys are grasping that opportunity. Absolutely, so a great result um, at, at Dingwall on on Sunday afternoon, four two. Uh, Scott Arfield, of course, getting the the fourth and final goal, um, really putting a, a nail in the coffin of, of of the afternoon. After the game, it was. Um, 
announced Kyle that that Rangers had had knocked back what can only be described as a really derisory offer um, from from Everton for for Nathan Patterson, five million, which in in layman's terms is just a piss take, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's a joke. I mean, it's, I think the manager summed it up perfectly as well. I mean, I'm sure we've all seen the clip, but he just, <laughs> when he asks, he's out tell the jokes. <laughs> When he laughs at it, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, you can, you can see they're just fishing. They're just seeing what are just te- trying to test our resolve. See what if we would um, if we would go for it. I mean, as I was saying earlier on, I mean, I was having a look through Everton's squad. The only player I could see sort of vaguely comparable to him was that um, John Joe Kenny um, that was at them last year. So. Yeah. And they're touting him about for five million quid. He's twenty-four years old. If if no, it's, it's just not, incredible, isn't it? It's not and, a comparison at all. I mean, I think as well. In, in Nathan Parsons' case, his his stock must surely have risen. The fact that he's now a a sort of championship winner. He's now a he's now a full internationalist. Um, he's I think nineteen twenty. If that nineteen, um, so nineteen. So I mean. He's, he's still got so, so many years ahead of him. And I think it's fair to say, Jim, that at the moment, there's a there's a swell of the Rangers support that feel he could become a regular right now in that right back role. Oh, definitely. Um, I think he's not reached his full potential, um, Scott Patterson. Um, oh, Scott, sorry. Uh, right. Nathan Patterson. <laughs> Nathan Patterson. Um, <laughs> I believe sell him. I'm, I'm trying my hardest, by the way. I'm trying my hardest here. It's just a bit of a blooper, right? So, uh, Nathan Patterson, right? Um, he's definitely not reached his full potential. And again, I know there's talk of trialling him between having, having Tavernier and Patterson in the same team. Yeah. Tavernier playing a bit forward, full of forward. But I think we're all agreeing so Patterson is a far better defender than, um, than Tavernier. Um, as before I agreed, it's a bit of a joke with five million. Um, I don't know if that's for his left toe or what. I don't know if one of his left feet or something. But, um, and again, the English Premier League, I think they are just kind of disrespecting the Scottish League. I think yeah. just low-balling offers like that. But no, definitely, I want to see him be at the Rangers for a, for a long time, yeah. reach his potential and be a regular starter. That's why I want to see him. Um, potentially taking over Tavernier as well but yeah, I want to see him getting more regular gating this season and, and going forward but he's, he's definitely he's only he's the second right back there's only two right backs we've got in the team that we can really play yeah. and he's going to be this season I think he's going to be um, it's going to be beneficial to the team he's very he's, he's, he's a star in the making as far as I'm concerned yeah Craig I Kyle's basically said that I'm not quoting you, Kyle, obviously, but um, the, the first offer was, was really almost just to test if there was an interest there on our part. We know at five million there isn't. Um, I just wonder if, because he's not playing just now, and he must be aware of the speculation to suggest that perhaps he could and should be playing, I wonder if, I hope he doesn't get your feet, but I wonder if the, the news of interest and the potential of playing first-team football with maybe a little bit more regularity will maybe sort of keen his ears a little bit. I'm not sure. I mean, would he be a regular starter in, in Everton's team at the moment? I'm not entirely sure. Who, are, who, they, who have they got? Who's playing right back for Everton just now? I know they, uh, Mason Holgate was playing at one point, but he, he may have moved into centre-half. But right. um, he, I don't, I mean, I don't I have no idea if he would be a regular starter or not. You'd like yeah. to think 
Um, from our perspective, I don't think there's much chance of Tavernier having a season like he did last year. I think yeah. that was a that was a um, season for the ages in terms of, of Tav for last year. I don't think that's Agreed. going to be a regular occurrence. Um, and playing the number of games that Tav will be expected to play as well, I think Patterson is going to get his chances. And I think Gerard said as much yeah. um, at the weekend when he was asked about it. I think Patterson's definitely going to get his chances. Um, he offers something different to Tav with his his, his additional pace. Um, and, he, and he's, he's great from that perspective. He's also, um, I, I think, and I, I believe we discussed this earlier, but he's a much better defender than Tav is yeah, he as is. well in terms of positional sense um, and that side of things. You, you actually have more confidence in him. Um, I think it was the, the, the uh, first leg of Fabia Prague uh, last year. Um, he really came into his, into his own. He was really he was targeted um, for a large portion of, of that first half and yeah. he, he, came, he came through it uh, with flying colours. Um, so I think he's got he's got a lot to him. There's a lot for us to be excited about, um, and I don't think five million pounds is anywhere near what what would even make us sit up and take notice. Now I don't know what that figure is that would make us sit up and take notice, um, but I think it was it was interesting as well. From that, um, I saw you and Murray from the Guardian calling calling out um, sort of a, I don't know if you call it the process that Rangers follow. The fact basically the fact that Gerard said he had no idea that bid had been made. Yeah, um, and it was I think from numerous sources it had been made on Friday, and and Gerard basically in his response to the question said that um, the only the only people he listens to around bids and valuations are uh, Ross Wilson and the board. He doesn't listen to anyone else, and he doesn't get his information from anyone else. And the only time they discuss it is when the bid is of a respectable nature. So that immediately tells you if Gerard wasn't told about it, then it's nowhere near even a discussion point um, yeah. with us at the moment. So I, I, I'm not entirely sure where the valuation is. I don't know what, what the rest of the guys think. Um, I'll kind of um, sit on the fence on that one and let everyone else answer. So Kyle, I don't want to get into a debate particularly about the MSM and how valuable they are or not, or how much fan media is or isn't. I think we all know that yeah. this Cybrox is, is absolutely sporting fan media in a, in a, in a huge way um, this season and forevermore moving forward. What I would say is that um, Stephen Gerrard, Craig's absolutely right, he's listening to the right people as far as valuations of players are concerned and um, he'll be quite happy if, if Ross Wilson Wilson continues to, to bat off offers that are nowhere near the valuation of the player. Yeah, I mean, I think Ross Wilson's, it doesn't need to prove himself to anybody, he seems like quite a shrewd operator in this, I yeah. think they've had good advice. I mean, you just you just look at um, some of the players we've, we've brought in under him, um, and wait for me to name about 10 players that he didn't bring in now but um, <laughs> God, who am I thinking of? like Hadji did he bring in Hadji? <laughs> he brought in Hadji yeah just um, yeah so people people like Hadji um, yeah so I mean yeah I mean uh, there's nothing I don't see why we should doubt Ross Wilson um, as well I mean especially I mean you look at his track record at Southampton I mean Manny being the big one that he's yeah. obviously got a hold of down there he clearly knows what he's doing. I think he's. Um, I think he has been a, a step up, and I, I think he was clearly a huge part of of why we got fifty five last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think uh, I don't think it could be underestimated the, the relationship that he has with, with having Stephen Gerrard. Like, I mean, it's when Gerrard was up um, up in the steps, get interviewed by uh, Emma. Uh, was it Emma Dodds, McCoyston, Boyd, um, Ailey Barber? It was. Barber, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was literally one of the first people I thanked was Ross Wilson. <laughs> it was the, could, could, how he contributed to the success of the season. So yeah. I think that shows you how how important he is at our club. And yeah, I mean, 
it's like any business. If it's not even worth passing on to the manager, then why bother? It's just a waste of everybody's time, isn't it? Agreed. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to stay with you, however. If ever I come back and say £10 million for Nathan Patterson, do the club accept it? It's a tough one. I mean, if, I mean I'm going to play a bit of devil's advocate here, but what I would say, if you're looking at it, is £10 million quid a good offer for what is effectively our second-choice right-back? From that perspective, you've got, you've got to say yes. Yep. From a from a I mean, we all know the potential that Nathan Parson has. We've all seen him in the flesh. He's clearly, I think he's got in that. Say, when he, by the time he's 22-23, I mean, you could easily be looking at a twenty twenty five million pound player there. Absolutely. In my yeah, especially with with Gerard and and McAllister and and Beale. I mean, you look at the way that they've 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 brought in players. They, they've, cle- I mean, that's the key thing. It's the it's the training and the, the coaching. I think that's what sets us apart from our clubs. And and he's only going to benefit <laughs> from it. He's only going to get so. Jim, it's a huge week week for Rangers. Um, obviously with Alish Kurt and. And Celtic sort of coming to our place on, on Sunday. I don't want to jump on the toes of the preview guys because the preview show this week is joined by uh, we've got David and Shug on the preview show with Graham. Before I go on, I should add that Shug has had a really good interview with the guys at Andy Scholes, Huddersfield Towns podcast to speak all things Janino Bakuna. Um, easy to forget he signed for us last week I think to be honest so um, Shaq had a really good in-depth interview with one of the guys last week and it should go out across all of our channels absolutely free Charles for you probably Tuesday at some point I reckon I urge you to try and have a look at that if we can. Um, Jim as I say big week Alice Kirk Thursday Celtic on Sunday high noon um, I think the the Celtic game, first one of the season, we I, I think it's one we all look forward to. I don't think it's one we go into with any trepidation whatsoever. Uh, again, can't take it too lightly. Uh, going into Northam, because you never know. There's, both teams are sort of the sort of same vein of, vein of form just now. Um, and as I say, you can never predict an old film. I know we've got the advantage of being at home and there's no, none of their fans here. Uh, but you just, it just shame. depends. It just, de- <laughs> I shame. It just depends. It just depends on what Rangers turn up. Um, again, if it's the Rangers of last season, the old firm games, and what we're, what we're used to seeing, it's, it's, it's set up for a great game as far as I'm concerned. But again, with them coming here and they're in a bit of, they've got a bit of a spring in their step now. So it just depends on how, how things go. Um, but it's made it for a good game. If it was a neutral, I'd be, I'd be happy for it, but being a blue nose, you're just hoping for the best, aren't you? Absolutely. <laughs> Craig, you'll go into the game brimming with confidence, are you not, on Sunday? Um, I wouldn't quite say brimming with confidence. <laughs> 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 I think it's safe to say that, um, obviously, they've had um, some good results and there's a lot of hysteria around them and their performances. Um, yeah. But at the same time, every game is caveated with, but they weren't that great at the back. So I think we have the players that can hurt them at the back. Yeah. Um. But I and the, I guess we're very we're very similar in terms of form as well because we are a bit concerned about the way we are conceding goals over over the last few weeks and the the frequency with which we are giving up chances. I think. Um. I'd say I'm I'm pretty confident. I'm more confident now after yesterday's result. Yeah. After that second half against Irish Care, I feel like we're starting to come into a bit of form. 
Um, Kent was starting to show bits and pieces yesterday of, of, yeah. of what he was doing last year. Yeah, really was. Um, and there's always the always always the, the Kent always turns up against Celtic factor yeah. as well, isn't there? So you hope that 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 uh, comes with it. It'll be a it'll be a really interesting game because you would normally, I guess, you would expect us to dominate the ball uh, with the being at Ibrox with their new way of playing. I'm not. I don't know if that will let them come on to us and yeah. then try and hit them on the counter. That might be a a way that, that we try and we try and counteract them. But I think um having pace in the wide areas and quality in the wide areas would be key. Um by all accounts their fullbacks are pushing in, I think they call it inverted fullbacks or something like that. Um for the for the tactical people. Straight but, out of football manager, lifted straight yeah. out of football manager. <laughs> but uh, I think basically I think that if we have pace and quality in those wide areas you can really you can really get at them and hurt them. So um, I'm more confident now Kamara's back, more confident now Morelos is, is finding the back of the net game after game. Kent's, um, Kent yesterday, hopefully that form continues and then Roof being back as well. Uh, we know how much he enjoys scoring against Celtic. So um, I'm getting more confident as the days go on. By, by Friday, I'll be, I'll, I'll be at full pelt. I'm, I have to say I'm absolutely buzzing for it. So I've, the, my last game at Ibrox was the Real Madrid game because I've been on holiday and other bits and pieces going on as well. So I will make the game at the weekend, thankfully. So I, I needless to say, I, I really can't wait for it. Kyle, if there's an opportunity to choose between a win against Alice Kurt on Thursday, and obviously financially we go into the, the group stages of the Europa, or a win against that shower at home on Sunday, you, you've got an easy question there. Um, what would you take? Sunday every day of the week. No yeah, absolutely. And I, I would tend to agree. I, I think the what we now know, obviously, because the, the Champions League thing ended for us in the manner it did, the, the league is absolutely the focus for this year because 56 will see us in the group stages. So that has to be um, what we're aiming for this year. It, ha- it has to be the, the sort of pinnacle. It's the top of the tree. It's the, it's the top of the hill. That's what we need to aim for this year. And, um, I think beating Celtic at the weekend will go a, a long way to doing that. Um, before we wrap things up, I think it's important to say that it was wonderful, Kyle, to see the, the Rangers support in full voice. And um, at Dingwall, they were, they were really, really um, good vocally. And, and the fans, I think, were adding to a really special atmosphere up there yesterday. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean... Um... Unfortunately, didn't get tickets for that one myself, but I mean, just hearing the support for, for the full 90 minutes, non-stop. I mean, you've seen people on Twitter commenting on it that were there. They were just <laughs> buzzing to be back at the football. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's good good from the support. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we're just slowly phasing back into to, to, to some sort of normality and yeah, can't wait to get away to the first away game of the season. Jim, I think for supporters that maybe do follow us to yeah. to away games, particularly to places like, I don't know, Dingwall, Inverness, and, and all the way down to smaller clubs like Aberdeen, um, I I wonder how um, how these clubs would enjoy just having the Rangers back in town and, and generating a little bit of income for the club at what has been a pretty dire time, let's be honest. Oh, definitely. If you want to talk about... Uh, other clubs benefiting from Rangers they're obviously going to benefit from the, the financial side yeah. um, again Aberdeen I know speaking of Aberdeen speaking of small clubs they love, they love when we're in town um, we love going up there as well um, <laughs> but no, definitely the, the, 
the, through the journeys we've had and going to these places and getting the fans back, um, it's brilliant to see. It's brilliant to see the fans back at the games, and um, as Kyle was saying, there's the normality, sort of normality factor having fans back at games. It's it's special. It's special because we've missed we've missed that last season. Um, crowd noise in the telly is terrible compared to the real thing. Yeah. So, but I speak for answer these clubs. Um, uh, it's good. To, it's good to see. So it's all good. Well, speaking as for Scottish football, it's brilliant to see. It's brilliant to see that as well. Um, if we can help other clubs out financially, so be it. But Aberdeen, Celtic, Hibs, Dundee United. Uh, I couldn't say much, but as long as our fans are there, I'm happy. Craig, I, I think that the guys make a, a really good point. There is, um, there's probably nothing like being at, the, at these away games and, and the Bears are there and, and they're, they're giving it big licks, as my grandfather would used to say. Um, but I think to hear them on the telly just adds to the general atmosphere. And I, I, the guys have alluded to it as well. Normality's coming back and people are getting back into the football. Um, it just feels like things are just getting back to normal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it makes such a difference to you. kind of got used to the, the piped in crowd noise last year. <laughs> yeah, by the end of the season, you've kind of convinced yourself, oh, it's not actually that different. It's actually, it, it keeps the interest in the game. But when you, when you start, <laughs> when you go to games um, for a start, but when you, it, even when you're sitting at home watching on the TV, it does make such a difference. And you can see it, it even influences um, referee decisions and all that sort of stuff with boisterous home crowds. I think there was, there was instance at Tynecastle yesterday when Hearts were playing Aberdeen, where they, Stephen Glass was saying that um, that that Hearts would never have got a penalty had it not been for the home crowd, and you see stuff <laughs> like that coming back into it, yeah. um, which is which is always good to see. Um, but it'll be uh, it'll be even more interesting this weekend, I suppose, when there's fifty thousand Rangers fans at, at the old fun game. Indeed, can't wait. So, Craig, listen, um, that wraps us up for this week. Thanks for joining us. Good to see you again, my friend. Thank you. Oh, thanks very much for having us. Enjoyed it, Kyle. This is the first time we've met, so uh, thoroughly enjoyed your time. Well done. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks, Matt Scott. And and Jim, I, I sort of one down. Many, many, many more to go. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks much for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Cheers. I thought you were freezing up there just as I was getting to the tickly bit. I thought you were freezing up. I couldn't believe it. Um, so, listen, I should say on, on Thursday, as I say this week, we, we do have um, Graham Falk getting together with David Cornish and, and Chug Niblo to talk about the the Alish Kirk game on Thursday. They'll do a preview of the game, so they'll, they'll put something together um, after the game and they will review or preview rather the Celtic game um, at the weekend. All our content continues to be absolutely free of charge and available across our website www.thisisibrox.co.uk Don't forget also tomorrow, Tuesday, we will put out the Junior Bacuna sorry, Juninho Bacuna interview. Um, we got together with the guys at the Huddersfield Town podcast and he scores. Um, so we're looking forward to, to putting that out as well. Shug had a really good chat over the weekend there, so I recommend you try and tune in and listen to it. Guys, thanks again. Appreciate your time. We'll do it all again next week. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Hey!